Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. My name is Nicholas Sacco. I'll be your host for this week's edition. We have another great one for you in store. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Greensboro Football Nepal Club, Sadi Ghazi, following their crucial four points over North Heidelberg on Saturday, setting up really well now for a top five finish again for the borough. And we'll also chat to the senior women's coach of the Whittlesea Football Netball Club, Jared Kendall, as his side looked to embark on their first senior women's finals journey since they joined the competition last year. Plus, as we always do, get through all the results of the senior men's and women's action across the weekend and helping me do that as he normally does, is Josh Ward. Josh, thank you for coming on. Great to be alongside you once more, Nick. And yeah, a very, very interesting weekend across both the senior men's and women's competition field with plenty of drama, plenty of close results. Can't wait to have a look at all of them. Plus, look ahead to another big weekend. Could be some real season-defining results that have come out of this mm. weekend as well. So, lot to look forward to across uh, from what happened last weekend, rather. But we'll get straight to Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. And, of course, we had the split round. So this was the second week of the split round. So just the two games. And we'll start with Montmorency and Whittlesey. And, look, it's an interesting one because, of course, we expected the Magpies to win. And they did, in the end, a pretty comfortable win. But I think we have to take into account how much Whittlesey had improved. You've got to remember, we spoke last week that... The last time they played Montmorency, it was 157 points, 147 points. It was Blair Harvey's last game, and, you know, it was the biggest margin we've seen in Division 1 this year. They improved tenfold, really, the Eagles, and yeah. even though they still went down, the competitiveness was still there, and I think it just showed to me that maybe there's still a bit of fire in them to stay in this division and, and really give this relegation battle a crack to ensure that they're playing Division 1 football next year. Yeah, they, they've improved a lot since, I reckon... Blair Harvey has left and particularly in the last couple of weeks you know whilst they're not getting wins they're they've definitely been a lot more competitive and margins haven't blown out to what they were at the start of the season but yeah Montmorency do get the victory I think yeah they it looks well you know they finished off strongly which was part of the reason why they got the win so Mm. the Eagles were in it neck deep for you know, the the first three quarters. But, yeah, a, a great victory, a great victory for Montmorency. Danko Zenix, uh, it was his second goalless game of the season against Heidelberg, responds with a six-goal performance here. Couldn't ask for better response. Lemuel Buxton, as per normal, it seems, best on ground. Jerron Murphy as well, he's had a good couple of weeks with, with four goals. But, yeah, they've been a lot more competitive. They've, you know, started to... Started to score a bit more freely their lowest score in you know their lowest score in the last month came against Bandura of 52 so yeah but whilst they've conceded a bit they've been very competitive so plenty of positive signs to take out for the Eagles. It'll be interesting when they come up against Norcott Park this Saturday a a big big match in terms of their relegation um, avoidance so that would be a really good one out at Bill Laurie Oval Mm -hmm. so we'll see in good stead for that. The other game that I think was heavily talked about in the last, I guess, three or four days was no doubt between Greensboro and North Heidelberg. Now, this was already going to be a big match <laughs> heading into it. And we spoke about it last week, but then you had in Matthew Cruiser, you had in Majak Door, and it just creates the, the most insane contest, really. And it was a really close game. North Heidelberg, you could you'd say they had their measure for, I guess, the first three quarters of the match. They 
Started out strong. It was, a, I think, a three-goal to one or four-goal to one first term, and the Bulldogs were just able to maintain that lead. Uh, Jesse Tardio going down injured in the first half really didn't help their cause, but nonetheless, they were still able to maintain their dominance at times. But Greensboro, they slowly pegged their way back. Cruiser up forward, kicking a couple. Tom Bell, he was just outstanding again. He's mm-hmm. uh, really one of their most influential players on the ground, you know, they've got Josh Caddy roaming around too. Their, their back line was incredible. Again, Nicholas Riddle, Angus Seavers, um, and they were able to get the win. So what it does now is creates a 10-point gap between them and North Heidelberg. If they had have lost, it would have been a two-point gap heading mm. into the last four weeks of the season. They're six points clear of McLeod and six spot, but the Roos have top five sides to finish off the year. Greensboro only have Bandura and Heidelberg, and then their last two games are bottom five sides. So... They're in the hot seat. I'm oh, sorry, in the box seat, rather, to finish in that top five greens bar. And we'll speak to Sadi Ghazi in a few moments' time. Um, but for a North Heidelberg point of view, Josh, we just said Tardio missed the, first, missed the second half with his injury. Um, hopefully that's not any more serious than, than it was for him to miss the rest of that game. Uh, but 10 points adrift. It's been an almost type of year for them. There, there's <clears> been plenty of opportunities for them to grab wins. They weren't able to do so, and I think that could be the end of their finals run. Yeah, I think, you know, just just looking at the the fixtures for both sides, you know, there is a, a little bit of hope for North Heidelberg. They've they've got two bottom five opponents as well in the last couple of weeks, and usually they've been able to get w- it wins against them. But you know, then they finish off the season with two top five uh, top five opponents, and yeah, I just think they're going to need a miracle to make it into the top five. I I think the top five and all the ladder positions, in fact, I reckon they're all sealed up in Melbourne Greyhounds division, division one. So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for North Heidelberg because yeah, they've had an almost season have the Bulldogs, but yeah, unfortunately I think the start of the season probably hurt them when they lost, you know, plenty of tight contest against those top five opponents. But yeah, I think, Unfortunately, it's season over, but, you know, it was a tight game as many had built, so a, a great victory for the bar, and, yeah, all but seals up finals for them, I reckon. Well, to hear more about how Saturday afternoon panned out, we'll now speak to the senior men's coach of the Green Tower Football Netball Club, Sadi Ghazi. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Greensboro Football Netball Club following their important victory on Saturday, Sadi Ghazi. Sadi, thanks so much for giving us some of your time today. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me on. As I said off the top there, a very important win against North Heidelberg on Saturday. Definitely wouldn't have been an easy one, particularly if the Bulldogs getting on top uh, early, but you thought, fought your way back and you were able to secure the four points in a big step towards um, grabbing that top five spot. Were you proud of how your boys responded after halftime? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, we, um, you know, credit to North Heidelberg. They were outstanding in the first quarter and, you know, from memory, they kicked the first goal of the second quarter. So I think we found ourselves nearly four goals down and um, we didn't play well early, and, and I guess that's what happens when the opposition, you know, don't allow you to. But I think we stayed in the moment and, and we clawed our way back. Um, you know, we didn't hit the front to, I think, uh, into the last quarter. So, yeah, we could have easily have, you know, given up, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I'm proud that, uh, you know, we were just able to, um, I say, you know, crawl, crawl, uh, crawl our way back into the game and 
I mean, well, probably wasn't a pretty game. I mean, the conditions were a little bit slippery, but it was a pretty tough game from both sides. Was there a lot riding on it from an internal point of view coming into the game? Two sides that were really close to each other on the ladder. Uh, final spot still on the line. You, you both were coming off the week off. And, you know, the bar probably haven't had the best run in, in the last month or so. Was there... Did you, did you feel like there was any more pressure than there usually was? Or did you just trust what your 22 could produce? Uh, look, we always trust what the players can produce. But... Oh, there was, you know, I'd be lying if, if I said there wasn't extra pressure. I mean, you know, we, if we'd lose, you know, all of a sudden we're, you know, um, still fighting to make that, and we still are, I guess. There's still, you know, mathematically, I guess, as they say. But no, it was an important game, you know, with Matty Cruiser also coming in. There was a bit added, and they had Mad Jack Dawe coming in for the fir- their first game, so really good for the competition. But um, And we had probably some better personnel come in. Um, you know, we had Will Reinhold play second game, who's been at VFL most of the year. Um, had a couple back from injury. Uh, we still had a couple out, but we probably had our better side for the year. Um, so there was extra pressure. And, um, yeah, look, as, as you said, we, we had the winter sort of just keep that, you know, a couple of steps ahead of the other teams uh, who are sixth and seventh. Sadi, just, just on Matty Cruiser as well, you know, Plays his first plays his first game. It was it was a massive lead up as well the, the day before, as you said with Magic Door coming in as well for North Heidelberg. You must have been ha- very happy to have had him at his at your disposal this this past weekend. Uh, yeah, for sure. Look, it's been a long time, you know, in the waiting. I guess he's been training with us, you know, from pre-season once a week. There's been a few hiccups, you know, with with different reasons, um, and the timing was right. Um, he was never going to play if he, if his body wasn't right and prepared, and 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 that's one thing he is. He is a professional, always has been. Um, so as it worked out, um, it was perfect timing. It was a home game and. And we thought that Majak was was going to play for them. So, you know, we probably do lack a little bit of height um, in our ruck uh, area. So it was a good week to get him. And, and you know, as it worked out, he, um, he didn't do any centre bounces, but he did the ruck work around the ground. He kicked two goals. He missed a couple. So, um, you know, he was a really good, um, you know, addition to our team. Um, you know, he's got a... Greensboro background where he, you know, his dad was involved and he used to come and watch as a kid. So, you know, in a way it was always, um, I guess, a bit of a, a fairy tale for him as well to, to play a senior game. And and hopefully now we've got four games to go that we can work out that, uh, you know, when his next opportunity will be with us. And talk about the impact he's had off field, you know, to some of the, the younger guys and you know, particularly Tom Brindley as well, who, from the looks of things, has been playing mostly ruck this season. How much has has he helped those younger players as well as Brindley in ruck? Oh, look, he's always happy to put his hand up and, and do some ruck work with the boys. But I think it's more of a whole collective. I mean, no, not very often you get you know someone who's played 180 games of AFL footy come and train once a week with you. So I think it's a really big buzz for for the whole group. I mean, we've got a you know. Excuse me. We've got a changing group. I mean, we'll, 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 a group that's changed from 219. Yeah, we've got a, you know, we've had at least three or four every week of under 19 players playing seniors. Um, you know, we always have um, extra under 19 boys training with the senior group. So it's a, it's a real buzz for those young kids as well. You know, um, 
And uh, even Josh Caddy coming on board three or four weeks ago as well. You know, he's played in two premierships at AFL level. So I think just as a collective, it really does help the whole group. Um, you know, and, and you can't forget, um, you know, what they've learned at AFL level. Um, and, and they're really, you know, they're helpful without being, you know, over the top. You know, if they believe that something needs to be said, they'll say it. And, um, no, they've been a great addition, both of those guys. And, and obviously with Tom Bell being there two or three years now, um, you know, we've got a real good mix of experience. Um, but we've also got, you know, four to six players who played a lot of reserves footy last year, playing senior footy now and, and as I said, we've got that three to four every week of under-19s playing senior level. So, yeah, they need, um, you know, those experienced guys around them. One thing that has been a constant, you say that the side's been changing, but I, one thing I feel like that is synonymous with a Greensboro side is their defence and how strong they are in that back six. And on Saturday, again, that showed, you know, we've we known that Nicholas Riddle and Jack Johnson always, be the, always seem to be the ones that stand up in the back line when you need it. It was really great to see Angus Seavers in the best as well. It looked like he had a fantastic game over the weekend. How much do you really put time and effort into getting that back six right? Well, I don't think it's just a a back six, to be fair. It's really a team defence, and I know that word is used a fair bit, but, you know, it's it's really important, um, you know, that that we are able to roll back and help the back six um, getting matchups right. Um, so that that is, if you look at you know what we've had kicked against us, we've been pretty strong in that area. Our percentage is pretty good. Um, but having said that, you know Nick Riddle's been great. Billy Bedford's been great. He played his hundredth senior game on the weekend. Uh, Jack Johnson's been missing for a couple of weeks, but he'll come back this week. Um, but you know you said about young Angus Severs. You know he he's come come a long way this year, uh, you know, with with a couple of guys, you know, Michael Croxford not being there this year has probably enabled him to get an opportunity, and, and Angus was our best player on the weekend, not does he defend well, but he, he actually marks the ball really well, um, um, you know, he's a six foot four kid who loves his footy and works really hard, and, and then uh, he's a kid who probably could, you know, next year find himself at a VFL club, uh, but having said that, we've been pretty steady there with Josh Calloway as well. Um, you know, as you said, Jack Johnson. Uh, you know, um, so you know we've been we've been pretty stable there this year, luckily. Um, but you know, we've had you know help with our midfielders rolling back as well. But it's an important part of the way we play. Um, obviously, with the importance of last week coming up, it sets us up really well into this game against Bandura on Saturday. It sets up another big fortnight for you. You've got Heidelberg as well in the following week. Uh, you know, I guess with the finals race the way it is, I know you say that, you know, you're still fighting for that final spot. Uh, but I guess you guys would be favourites in a way to keep that top five spot. But with two big opponents coming up in this next fortnight, what, what, do you, what learnings do you want to take out of it for your side um, heading into such a, a, last, a hectic last month? Yeah, look, I think it's... Look, we all know that the competition is very tight um, and, um, you know, very even. So if you're not if you're not switched on, anyone can beat anyone. Uh, but look, for us, it's really, you know, we're focusing on this week. Um, you know, we're, we're in it to win every game of footy we play. It's irrelevant of who we play. We respect all our opponents. Um, but we know we've got to make sure that we're switched on. Bandura are a strong team um, and I guess we've got to learn from you know when we played them last time you know we, we got 15 points in front um, and we lacked you know a little bit of concentration and I think we're getting better in that area and I think that's probably been a factor this year with a, with a new team 
Um, there is 10 or 12 of our nucleus that have been there, but we have had a lot of new boys come in. So I think we're getting better at that, um, not lapsing at crucial times. And as I said, against Mandura last time, we were 15 points in front. You know, they had a strong team in and we let that one go and got beaten by four points. So I think, you know, we'll go in with confidence, that knowing that we can, you know, match them. Um, you know, we've shown that, you know, we beat Mont early in the year. Um, you know, we were level at three-quarter time with Heidelberg. Um, so we're, we've shown um, we can mix it with the best, but we've got to stay in the game for the four quarters. That's probably the area we're working on. I think we're having concentration issues at time. Um, but that'll come with experience and playing together a bit more. So hopefully, you know, this is the week. Sadi, it's always great to hear from you and, and hear about the improvements that are happening across Greens Bar. Great win on Saturday and, and all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks for chatting to us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That was Sadi Ghazi there, the senior men's coach of the Greens Bar at Football Nepal Club. Great to hear his side have been able to improve, particularly from Saturday. And who knows if they can get form at the right time. They may be able to make a strong charge towards another flag for that famous football club. But we'll go straight into MC Labor Division 2. And I think the big game in that one had to be the top of the table clash. We talked about it beforehand, but as in, as in last week, but this one was always going to be a big game between Banyul <laughs> and Altham. The Panthers, they got up in the end by six points. Definitely much different to their last meeting when it was <laughs> Altham that kicked 12 unanswered goals and were able to get over the line by 66 points. The 12 number still exists, but it's for consecutive wins now. 12 games they have not lost, and they are looking to be the team to be. I was just so impressed watching them on Saturday, Josh. Like They were incredible. Banyul kept coming at them. Um, they were throwing up all types of challenges. But in the end, they did what they needed to do and produce another win for that football club. Big credit to Robert Hyde and everyone in that team, honestly. For, yeah. for the team they've been able to put together, I don't think many of us thought they would be as dominant as they have been this year. And they're probably pretty close to breaking their 16-2 and record back in 2018. Now, we know they didn't win the grand final that year, but yeah. the way they're playing right now, they are looking very, very difficult to get over yeah they they definitely are it's it's it is remarkable what they've been able to do the Panthers and yeah this is, this is by far one of if not their most impressive victory of the season against the well a Banyol side that clearly came at them like um like well unlike last time I beg your pun you know similar game to last year when they faced off against each other at Beverly Road Oval as well it was similar yet the opposite you know it was Spaniel who were on who when I when I when we saw them mm. impressed me and you know it, it was and Eltham came charging back late and looks like it was a similar story here too for for the Bears they fought hard credit to them and yeah they'll they'll not be I don't think too disheartened by this mm. result but yeah, it's it's hard for me to see Altham losing another game for the rest of the season. Yeah, Banyol, I mean, still a very strong team and they had a few names out as well. So I expect them to be right up against the mark and they're probably going to be the biggest challenges to Altham come finals time as well. They've been there, obviously, in that 2019 grand final where they just went down to Whittlesey. So they definitely know what it takes to get back to the top and I expect them to be very close to that mark again. But yeah, the Panthers are just looking incredible at the moment. The other game... 
which was really close, and there was already a lot riding on this one, was the other top five clash between Diamond Creek and St. Mary's at Coventry Oval. Tyler Barnes kicks the winning goal uh, after the siren to send the Creekers into their first win in three games. For the Borough, I think they're going to be in a bit of strife now. Now, we talked about it last week, about that, that this was going to be the first of three games against top five sides. This was probably the most winnable, considering the Creekers' form. They don't get up. They've got Altham and Lower Plenty to play in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Thomastown have Lower Plenty and Penton Hill in the next two weeks. And if results go the way that people expect it to, then the last game between Thomastown and St. Mary's, there'll be two points between them, and the winner will finish in fifth spot. Was this a missed opportunity for the Borough, or was this just Diamond Creek just finding a way at the right time to get over the line? I think it's a missed opportunity. You know, it's it's just a really rough loss for the Borough. Tyler Barnes, credit to him getting kick after the siren, and yeah, it was. It seems like seems like such a great game as well. To well. Despite the low scoring, it, it seems like such a great game, and mm. they fought. They fought as well. Did the Borough only kicking the one goal and down by three goals at at half time, and they came back and did pretty well. But yeah, this is a missed opportunity for them, I reckon. And yeah, it was a very impressive victory for the Creekers. It, it yeah shows their shows their resilience as a side as well. But this was their biggest opportunity, the Borough, because yeah. Diamond Creek weren't heading into this game in the greatest of form. And, you know, St. Mary's, they looked all right the last couple of weeks. However, yeah, it, it it's a big blow. And, you know, if results do go, do go the way we expect them and you never you never know if they will or won't, yeah, it, it could definitely set up a chance for Thomastown in a very juicy round 18 matchup between the two. Now... I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I don't believe St. Mary's have beaten a top five side this year. I don't think so as well, actually. They, they play Altham this week, and obviously they didn't get up last time. Um, and they've lost both instances to Banyul. They've now lost both games against Diamond Creek. Uh, and I believe they didn't beat Lower Plenty last time either. So yeah, I don't think they've game. beaten a top five side yet, which doesn't put them in good stead heading into the next fortnight. Now, they've definitely got the talent to produce an upset. I don't think it comes against Eltham this week. I think they'll be looking more towards this Lower Plenty game in a fortnight. But nonetheless, I agree. Big opportunity missed, I think, for the Borough. They, they definitely had them on the ropes that, um, absolutely towards the end as well. Some great individual plays. Tate Cotter was outstanding for the yeah. Borough. We know what he can produce, and it's good to see him back playing regular football. But, yeah, a big watch, and I think that's going to what... And I think... We'll see what it comes down to towards the end. Thomastown, meanwhile, crucial win, but one that we thought were always going to happen against Epping. Um, That was the Epping Recreation Reserve. So Thomastown, they're they're starting to find their form. It it is crazy to think that we are still talking about them as a finals threat. They were 14 points away from the top five at one point this year, (laughs) yet they could very much sneak in and... You know, they've got the side that are capable of doing it. We know, um, you know, Daniel Bramish is doing playing, coaching. He's actually playing okay as well in the last two games. You know, I, I guess, and I don't really want to assume because it's it's hard to make a read of the season. It's just been so crazy up and down. Uh, but assuming the Bears are able to sneak this finals place, Josh, do you think they can actually cause any serious damage in the top five? We've seen how well Altham, Banyul, Lower Plenty, Diamond Creek, they've all performed outstandingly. And 
they seem to be the top four sides in the competition, mm-hmm. hands down. But Thomastown, you know, have proven that they drew against Lower Plenty. You know, they were a kick away from against Banyul and also led Banyul by three-quarter time in another game and went down. They got close to Alton the second time they played them. They got close to Diamond Creek at points as well. Do you think that could cause any damage if they were to get there? Obviously, still a long way to go, yeah. but... We do have to think about this. If if they're going to be a genuine finals contender or if they're just making up the numbers. I think... No, I think they can. They're, those games as well against, you know, against those top five opponents, they've, you know, it, they have been right in them, I think, against Eltham early, well, earlier in the season. So they definitely have plenty of talent. You know, Anthony Capici's starting to hit form at the right time. Tyrone Leonardis. Yeah, they're playing coach Dan Bramish. The the list just goes on and on. But yeah, it, it's still a long way to go. I reckon if they do make it, they can. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that they can cause some damage, especially, you know, if they play the first week against someone like a, a lower plenty who they've gotten really close to this year, well, in their first game this year, and who knows how they'll go this week but yeah they have the side it's yeah just a matter of if they can make it yeah exactly right there'll be a real wait and watch Lowell plenty too strong for Watsonia in Mm -hmm. the end a comfortable win for the Bears as they continue to try and fight for that double chance spot the Creekers losing really hurts their chances as well of sneaking into (laughs) the top three Lowell plenty Uh, Watsonia gallant again just not getting it right towards the end they probably won't make finals but I think Jules Latoufany's side can really hold their head up high for the, for the incredible year they've had so far. Yeah, they definitely can. It's uh, I knew start of the season they showed plenty. They would show plenty of promise. I just I honestly wasn't expecting them to be, you know, around the mark they are, p- pushing for fi- uh, pushing for that final spot. But yeah, unfortunately, I think for Watsonia, it's I think it's time to, to focus on next season. A great fight for them, but yeah, the Bears, oh, they get their revenge for their earlier loss in the season. Billy Barden, just, yeah, six goals. He's a class, he's usually a class above whenever he plays and he showed his class on the weekend. Kyle Wheatley as well, he's put together mm. a great season with another three goals. Daniel Anetta, he's put together a pretty good couple of weeks as well with another best on. But, yeah, I think for the Saints, it's just time to, to focus on, on next season. What Which they could need. be a really big year for them. They're, they're, yeah. If they can keep the same squad together. And add a few more as well. Absolutely. I think, yeah, they can de- definitely be a threat, the Saints. And Panton Hill and Fitzroy Stars was the other game. Uh, the Redbacks getting over the line by 21 points. Probably the Stars' last chance to get a win on the board this season. Um, they're probably going to have to start looking towards life in Division 3. Now with three games to go and yet to get a win, um, it, it's been a, a really difficult season. But one player I think that can hold his head up high, Riley Livingston, I think he's been <laughs> impressive. He's definitely a favourite for their best and fairest. Could win, could earn a place as well on the team of the year. But um, I think, you know, his ability in the ruck and, and to go up forward and kick goals for them, um, someone they can build a team towards maybe. Yeah, definitely. He's... He's got so much talent. Does Livingston buying as a as a ruck and a forward? I've only seen glimpses of him, but he just seems like that athletic, agile type of ruckman and, and forward. And yeah, I think it was five goals in the end as well. He he's just yeah, really holding this team together. And I think they definitely can build something around them. A promising performance against well another I'd say struggler in Penn Hill, but 
yeah, the Redbacks just needed to do what they need to do and get a victory. And yeah, that's the case here. A good victory and gave something, gave their fans something to cheer about. And a strong end to the season coming up here for Penn Hill. They had a really poor first half of the year. I mm. think their only wins were coming against, you know, Epping and the Fitzroy Stars and. I know they were able to beat St. Mary's, but they've had some really strong performances as well against some of the top sides that have pushed them as well right to the end. Speaking of, I think that Penton Hill win over St. Mary's could come back to haunt the borough as well. Mm-hmm. Now that we think about it, that could be one to keep an eye on. But still anything can happen in the last three weeks of the season. I think it's the most anticipated of the three divisions in senior men's heading into the last few weeks Definitely. of the home and away campaign. Head to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. Not too many big storylines come out of this one. Mm. The top four played the bottom four and all the top four sides got important victories. Old Alton Collegians, they got up by 84 points over Reservoir. Now, that might not sound like a flattering scoreline, but I think yeah. Reservoir can be impressed that they did keep him to under 100 points just to slowly build um, on their two wins this year. But they play Laylor yeah. coming up very, very soon. So that will be one they look out for. But Old Altham, uh, I think percentage-wise, a missed opportunity here. 14.25 they finish with. Percentage is playing a big role in the top four, particularly when they play Reservoir and Laylor. They really want to take their opportunities. They didn't on this occasion. Mm. Could be very interesting come finals time, particularly because they have South Morang this week. It does hurt them a little bit, but yeah, and you know, a win's a win. You, you take a win of if course. you're the Turtles, but yeah, I think they'd still be hurting that, that they didn't win by more. I think maybe they've got to do a, a little bit more... Goal kicking practice maybe this week at training fourteen twenty five. That's it, not really all that flattering, I have to say. But yeah, the Mustangs. There is plenty to take out of this result. I think you know it, it'd probably be the first time in a while that they hadn't lost a game by a hundred point uh, by a hundred points against the, a, a, a top side like you know your Mernders, Heidelberg West, and all the mm. top four sides. So. Yeah, they're going to have their heads held up high. A great effort from them. But, yeah, a win's a win for Old Eltham. It might come back to hurt hurt them, you know. They'd need to probably win at least one big game. Well, South Morang's going to be the one this week. Yeah, and while they'd have to win pretty big as well to to end, well, in their final couple of rounds too, which I don't think they can. I think, yeah, whilst it's been a great season, I think they're probably going to stick around that third or fourth mark. And a spoiler alert for plays of the week as well on Wednesday. I think Robert Holland kicks one of the goals of the year for Reservoir, so something else they can hold their head up high for. Heidelberg West, Seth Morang, the Lions get up by five goals. Um, this was a, a close-ish game at times. The Lions just always had their measure. They've had three really good games this year, these two sides, so um, credit to Heidelberg West for sticking with a side like uh, South Morang, but they're hitting form really well. I think that's eight wins in a row now for Gary Hall's side, so they are really looking to inch themselves towards top spot. They play to power again in two weeks, and that will decide the minor premiership, but if they get up against Old Altham, you can safely assume that they'll be the top two sides. They'll get the double chance between Lions and Power, and that Kilmore and Old Altham will finish third and fourth and play out at an elimination semi-final. Laylor, no match for Kilmore at home. Uh, 157-point win for the Blues. And Lorimer getting up by 53 points over Myrna. So 
pretty standard results across the board there. But yeah. this top four is very intriguing now towards the final mm. couple of weeks of the season. How do you see it playing out, particularly with Lorimer and Kilmore playing each other and Old Eltham and Seth Morang facing each other? Oh, it's it's a very interesting. I, I'm i not too sure, actually, <laughs> to be honest. It's hard to pick. I, I think, you know, the top two, they're... They're probably already set. I I don't see Old Eltham getting a victory over South Morang this week. I think it'd be just too much of a challenge and Kilmore to win against Lorimer. So I think the top two is sealed. I reckon South Morang with the form they're in, though, they're probably my favourites to finish minor premiership. No disregard to Lorimer. They've had a terrific season, only a couple of losses. And, yeah, they they definitely will be able to take it up to the lines in a couple of weeks time but I just with the form that South Moranga in I it's hard for me to tip against them not finishing as minor premiers uh third or fourth it, I think it's all going to come down to that to the game at JJ Clancy Reserve mm. Kilmore Eltham in well, I think two weeks two yeah. weeks time so yeah that's going to be a massive clash whoever wins that they're going to finish in third and well I think I I, I you know, yeah, Kilmore have won the first two meetings between these two sides, but I think Old Eltham, there'll be a little bit of fire in their belly, and I think they'll be they'll be the ones that finish the third. They'll be determined to to pick up the victory against the Blues out there. So I think I reckon the position's already settled as well for you know the top four. The top four, yeah. All but sealed up. Three games between Kilmore, Heidelberg West, and Kilmore. I think faced Layla in their in their one of their final games. But yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if teams change, but I think the top four and each position, it's pretty much all but sealed up by the minor premiership as well, which I reckon South Morang will win. A lot to look forward to in Division 3. Let's head to our women's competition review because it was the last game of the home and away season on the weekend and a big final series coming up. There's so many uh, games that I'm looking forward to. We'll get to in the wrap-up, but women's review, and we start with winning edge division one, women, uh, yeah, winning edge division one, women, sorry, West Preston Lakeside won 61-point winners over Heidelberg one. They secured that spot in the top three. The Roosters leading at every change. Ashley Snow, favourite to win the competition, best and fairest, mm-hmm. you'd think. Another fantastic game and kicked the season high two goals as well. The Tigers couldn't finish off their season on a high, but... Still a great season all round. A, a strong end to their campaign will put them in good stead for next year. Montmorency won. They had to work hard, but they got their fifth consecutive win um, on Sunday. They beat Greensboro by 11 points at Montmorency Park. North Oval get just getting over the line of a goal in the last quarter. That secured the win. They'll also finish top three, and they'll play West Preston Lakeside 1 in a big qualifying final at Whittlesey Showgrounds on Saturday. Diamond Creek women's one, top of the table. They'll have the week off. 130-point winners over to VUS and Spurs. No doubt that they were going to be the team to beat. Linda Thorpe produced her masterpiece. She's kicked bags of five and nine this season, but 11 majors for Linda Thorpe. Outstanding from her. Georgia Tate, Lauren Durante, also impressive. Rita Cherivolo has been the, the consistent uh, for VUS and Spurs, always in the best and had another great game. Um, and then Lowell Plenty Bandura, Darabin 1, did not eventuate due to a forfeit, but it means Darabin 1 play Greensboro in an elimination final on Sunday. And as I said, Montmorency 1 play West Preston Lakeside 1 for the qualifying final spot. We spoke about 
the dominance of Diamond Creek Women's One. Who do you think's their biggest challenger? Mm, it's hard. I think you know all those sides. Are, I reckon uh, probably Bar Greensboro, who are a good side in their own right, but I don't think they're up to the levels of say the the other sides like Darab and Montmorency and West Preston Lakeside. I think they all can, but. Well, the yep. Roosters are the only side to beat them yeah, this year. Yeah, I think they can. I reckon it's the Roosters mm. that can. You know, Montmorency might have finished second, but I, I think West Preston Lakeside are the biggest threat to the Creek of women. So, yeah, I, I, they're probably thinking they can, you know, cause a bit of an upset once more. Montmorency, I feel like they'll think they can, but I think the biggest threat, it's probably the Roosters that could defeat the Creekers. SG Printing Paper Division 2. There's a lot of intrigue coming into this final round because Banyul, St. Mary's, Eltham all on 44 points, or 40 points rather, heading into the last game of the season. So any of those sides could have finished top and any of those sides could have been with the double chance. But St. Mary's will finish the season on top. 62-point winners over the Fitzroy Stars. AK line reserve. Six goals to nil in the first term. No problems at all. Sarah Johnston makes it 41 goals in seven games now. And she will be a really influential factor for the bar heading into the finals, you would think. Uh, another bag of six on Sunday for her. Banyul, back-to-back big victories to end their season in a good spot. They beat Diamond Creek Women's 2 by 74 points on Friday night. Uh, Rebecca Tapala came back into the side as well, kicking five. May Reed Caesar continued her very good form. Another best on ground performance for her. And with their 11th win of the year, Altham finish in second spot. 100-point winners over Whittlesey at Altham Central Park. So important result for them. Kate Cardamone with four goals. And the match between Montmorency 2, Darabin 2 also didn't eventuate due to a forfeit. And as a result, the Fitzroy Stars up against Whittlesey in an elimination final on Sunday. And on Saturday, Banyul versus Eltham, which not long ago was a top-of-the-table clash, which you obviously yeah. at, Josh. But they'll face each other in a big qualifying final. The winner, of course, to play St. Mary's in a semi. Where do you see Division 2 going? Because oh, between yeah. St. Mary's, Banyul and Eltham, any of those sides could get up on top. Panthers on top all year, bar that second-last game where they go down to the borough. Uh, I, I, it's so even. I, I, anyone could win it, really. Yeah, but it's, it seems like a, a theme in each division <laughs> too. You know, Altham, one of the sides on top and it being pretty even across the whole competition. But yeah, it's it's hard for me to say. I, I think all three teams will think they can defeat each side. And yeah, couldn't have asked for a better qualifying final, Altham and Banyol on, you know, Saturday, Saturday, I think afternoon as well. So it's going to be an absolute... Ripper, I, I don't think it'll be like last time. I think Banyol, there'll be an extra fire in their belly as well. They'll be determined to, you know, repeat the dose of what happened against Eltham earlier in the year. But yeah, and and following that loss to them on a Friday night as well, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, it's going to be a massive clash. A shout out to Kate Cardamone as well for Eltham. She played her 50th game as well, which is a great achievement playing 50 games in the women's competition so a great achievement but yeah it's it's going to be a very interesting final series particularly that top three the elimination final is also very interesting as well I absolutely and we'll speak to Whittlesey coach Jared Kendall in a few moments time as the Eagles have their first finals appearance in the women's competition cleaning Melbourne division three women's and Mernda picking up win number 11 of the year. Comfortable win over West Preston Lakeside too. 62 points, the final margin. Amira Gentle, another impressive effort with four goals. Same with Monica Bradford, Tanisha Fiore, 
both playing impressive football. They'll get the deserved week off. They were no doubt in yeah. our minds the top team of the comp. Hurstbridge made it three consecutive wins. They defeat Wallen by 60 points at Ben Freelay Oval. And Lorimer go down to Hodderberg 2 by 21 points. And they will be the two sides that play each other in an elimination final mm-hmm. now. Hodderberg 2 and Lorimer. Three weeks ago, Hodderberg 2, I don't think, had won a game. Maybe a month ago, they hadn't won a game. All of a sudden, they finish fifth. They get over the line against Wallen. They have some good wins to wrap up the season. And they'll make finals, which will be a big boost for them, you'd think. Yeah. They come up against Lorimer. The qualifying final, Hurstbridge and West Preston Lakeside 2. I'll be tipping the bridges in it because I think they're the big challenges for Mernda. Do you agree? Yeah, it's hard for me to go past the bridges. Yeah, they've been, you know, bar a couple of weeks ago where they had a couple of slip ups and in grading they've been the they've been the second best side in Division Three by a fair way. So it's yeah, I think Hardeberg Hardeberg are going to take a lot of confidence against you know getting that victory over Lorimer out at Lorimer Reserve too. But yeah, and it could be a very interesting final. But yeah, Hurstbridge and I think Hurstbridge are the biggest challenges. West Preston like side two, no disregard to them. I think I think they might have defeated Hurstbridge a, a couple of weeks ago as well. So they could pull off a bit of a surprise. And, you know, they've shown they can take it up to the top side. So I think, yeah, it, it's the Bridges who I'd be tipping. And I reckon Holderberg too, I'd be tipping now in... in those two finals but yeah some very interesting finals indeed and of course we'll be keeping a close eye on the Whittlesey showground throughout all weekend with those women's finals so be sure to get all the preview action leading up to the finals and we'll have everything covered for you as well post the first week of action in our senior women's finals what we'll do now though we'll speak to the senior women's coach of the Whittlesey football netball club Jared Kendall following their debut appearance in the finals this weekend now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior women's coach of the Whittlesey Football Netball Club on the eve of their inaugural finals appearance, Jared Kendall. Jared, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time. No, no problems at all. Thanks for having me. What are the excitement levels like this weekend? As I said, that the first time that the club will have a women's team appearing in our final series, um, I'm sure the girls are thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah, mate, they're all uh, they're all very excited. They're all up and about. Um, just everyone is just flying at the minute. They're really excited about the uh, the weekend. So really looking forward to it. What what I guess is the most that you are looking forward to is it is it more the fact that you'll be a part of the finals action that you're in the top five, or is it just more getting that experience of you know having the chance to play some of the better teams in the competition again in in different circumstances and and just seeing how your girls fare against the other sides? Yeah, I think it's it's always exciting that, <clears throat> for football at any level to to play finals, um, which I spoke to the girls about on the on the weekend. It's it's an opportunity to represent the club and, you know, just be part of, you know, the atmosphere that's going to be there um, and just enjoy the moment. Um, yeah, we are excited to be playing, you know, the, the better sides in the competition. Um, we think our best is, is pretty good um, and the girls have, you know, really taken that on board and everyone's just really excited to get out there on Sunday. Obviously, playing Division One football last year, very different than t- to coming down and experiencing the Division Two competition. D- did you enjoy the fact that, I guess not enjoy is probably the right word, but did you relish the fact that you were going to get 
given a bit more of an opportunity playing Division 2 football this year. Did you feel like that type of competition is what your girls needed this year? Yeah, we did. We took the opportunity last year, you know, we played in Division 1. Um, it was a really good opportunity for the girls to, to get that experience. Um, and then when we fell into Division 2 this year, I said to the girls straight off the bat, this is where we belong. We can go a long way if we put our minds to it. Um, so right from the very start, we were, you know, we knuckled down. We knew we had the experience of Division 1 last year. Um, so, yeah, the girls were really excited to be part of Division 2 and really have a chance to, to show their wares and show their ability out on the ground. What's impressed you about the side this year? Obviously, you've had some really great performances throughout the 2022 campaign, but what, what's really impressed you so far? Has it been their development, their their improvement, or, or just their all-round game sense? Yeah, look, we've had... I think we've got seven girls on our list who have never played a game before. Um, so it's really exciting for those girls to be a part of a team, to get out on the football field and just watch their growth and... Um, you know how much they learn they're just like sponges they just take everything in um, so it's been good for those girls and then also the development of our young girls who have played a bit of junior football also with a little bit of senior experience um, just for those new girls to learn off them and for also for those girls to grow and just become better footballers um, and better leaders like we've had a few young girls take on leadership roles this year um, and they've really excelled through that and just showing like I've had some girls who have really just gone to the next level this year with their football so that's been really pleasing yeah, some of the girls that have really stood out for your side this year obviously we know Tiana Markey's been fantastic not just this year but even last year as well Jessica Valinsky has also been another name that's popped up in your bests for the last month and, and again throughout the whole year who have been some of the ones you've been I guess, particularly impressed by with their development um, and some that have really, you know, taken the opportunity to be playing regular football by storm? Uh, yeah, I think Jess is probably the one that's really stood out. Um, she's gone to a whole new level this year. Um, we always knew she had it in her, but she was, you know, she was only 16, 17 last year, 17 turning 18 this year, and she's just gone to a whole new level. Um, as you said, with Tiana, she's always, she just goes in, does the job, uh, week in, week out, you know what you're going to get. Mm. Um, we've added a few um, come across who have been really important for us. So Stevie has been one of those players who's just come in, fitted straight into the group and just, you know, works really hard. So all the girls get to see what she's capable of and they all sort of jump on, on the back of those girls in particular. Um, one that's stood out and probably had a little bit more game time just through injuries through the midfield is Lara Lycos. Yeah. Um, she's really stood up when required just through injuries. Um, and also Luca Kennedy, who's come across to us again, another young girl who just, um, just a bullet a gay, just attacks the ball, attacks the contest, um, and just a beautiful kick of the ball. So she's been really good as well. Yeah, Luke has definitely been one that has also impressed. We've seen her continue to, um, again, be in some of those bests in the last little while as well. So great to see. And, and we saw during the week as well that, you know, Chloe Malloy came down and, and that the best and fairest is going to be named after her um, at the club. We know the impact she's had at AFLW level and it's great to see, I guess, the recognition on, on that front. I'm sure she's been a great inspiration for, for much of your side this year. Yeah, she has. It's that was a really good thing. Um, she was honoured to have that 
you know, named after her, and all the girls right through from the seniors all the way through the juniors all look up to Chloe and what she's been able to do. And it also gives, you know, the young girls in the senior side as well as, again, all the junior girls that they've now got a career path. They can see what she's been able to do. Um, and then they can decide, that, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to be a professional footballer. Um, and they've got someone to look up to. So it's really good to have her be part of, you know, the, the Whittlesey family. Um, yeah, she's just sort of an inspiration to, to all of us. Now, heading into this weekend's clash, a really big one against the Fitzroy Stars. Am I correct in saying that you actually haven't played them yet this year? Actually, no. Round, it would have been round one in the grading. I think that would have been correct in saying. But nonetheless, it's going to be a really, really good game. That game that you had against the Stars back in round one, it was a three-point win for the Stars. And I know a while a lot has happened since then. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm sure you're really relishing the opportunity against to play against a side that, you know, has been around the mark with you guys as well in the, in the last few weeks. Yeah, we think it's going to be a pretty tight contest. Um, again, yeah, we haven't played them for, for a long time. And when we did play them in round one, and it's probably the same for both sides, we were just sort of getting the team together. A lot of the girls hadn't really trained a lot together. So we've come a long way since since round one and we think we've been held in pretty good stead over the last four weeks we've played the three top sides uh, so we're really confident going into into the Stars game it'll be a tough contest they're a, they're a good side they play really well um, but yeah again we're really confident going in um, as I said before our best is, is pretty good and if we can put all that together hopefully we can come away with the win and you know move another step closer in the final series Jared, it's been great to have you on the podcast, getting a bit more of an insight into the Whittlesea women's football program. Congratulations on, on making the last five and all the best for this week and whatever um, the rest of the season holds for your side. Thanks for coming on. No problems. Thanks for having me. That was Jared Kendall there. Great to hear from him, the senior women's coach of the Whittlesea Football Netball Club. And good luck to all our teams participating in finals action for our women's sides this weekend let's preview those games as well as our big senior men's games as well that will take place on saturday and sunday josh what have you got looking forward to for this weekend well in the senior men's competition division one of course the big clash happening out at Yulong Reserve, Bundura and Greensboro was a very tight affair last time around. I think Jacob Townsend making his Bundura debut as well. I don't think he'll be he'll be there this weekend. But you know, it's uh, it's an old rivalry as well. The, I, I, I think I'll peg this name: the Grimshaw Street Derby. Just a simple trip up Grimshaw Street for for the borough up to the Boring. So a very interesting matchup there. Hodderberg, West Preston Lakeside, a chance for West Preston Lakeside to show the improvements they've made since, you know, the the last meeting between the Tigers, when they faced the Tigers and yeah, it, it, at Warringal Park too, which is a challenge in itself and a chance for Hodderberg to once more stamp their authority. And down the bottom as well, Northcote Park, Whittlesey out of Bill Laurie Oval. If the Cougars win here, no doubt that they'll, they'll, you know, lock up, stay safe in Division One. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Eagles pulled off a shock victory. They won last time these two met at the showgrounds. They've shown plenty of improvements since under, well, 
since, you know, Blair Harvey departed, so a very interesting matchup. And then North Heidelberg and Hurstbridge, North Heidelberg, you know, well, Hurstbridge might be looking to repeat the dose of what they did a couple of weeks ago against Bandura. And North Heidelberg as well, just looking to get back on the winner's list and, you know, potentially make a, a bit of a push. And Montmorency McLeod as well as at Montmorency Park. Uh, a big chance for McLeod to take it up to a top side, but yeah, Montmorency a chance to flex their muscles into Division 2 as well. Some big games coming up there. I think Thomastown Lower Plenty will be the big one. Yeah, that's definitely the big one. If Thomastown lose there, I think yeah, finals or finals, their finals chances would be, you know, I reckon almost finished, but yeah, that's a a massive clash. Eltham St. Mary's is also a very interesting clash. St. Mary, well, you know, they got close last time at Watmo Park, but it's a chance for St. Mary's to, you know, show their improvements. And, uh, yeah, not too many other interesting fixtures. What's so new Fitzroy Stars, Diamond Creek, Penn Hill, and Epping and Banyol. Uh, an interesting matchup between Diamond Creek and Penn Hill. It's, uh, they'll sit, Diamond Creek will see the return of one of their beloved, one of their former players Ollie, pa- Ollie Parks who's done some pretty good things as well for you know for Penn Hill the Redbacks this season but yeah uh, not the biggest weekend but still a couple of interesting matches I'll definitely be keeping my eye on into Division 3 as well the game there to watch Old Eltham Collegians versus South Morang believe that's out at Eltham College as well so a massive clash there, but a chance, you know, also for the Turtles to cause another upset. They defeated them earlier in the year out at Mill Park Lakes Recreation Reserve. They went down last time, and I think it was only they only scored three goals in the end. But yeah, a big chance for the Turtles uh, to take it up to South Morang this week, and Lorimer Kilmore as well. A big, a big clash. Lorimer have. Had the Blues numbers uh, number this season, but yeah, a chance to, you know, if South Morang do lose, a chance for them to extend their advantage at the top, but also a chance for Kilmore to once more take it up to a top side and show that they're not that in finals. Well, you know, whilst they've defeated Old Eltham Collegians, they're not going to, you know, they're not just going to be lying around there, but not too many other interesting fixtures, unfortunately, in Division 3. What about the women's, Josh? Some big ones, as we yeah. mentioned, with the qualifying and elimination finals taking place at the Whittlesea Showgrounds. Is there one that catches your eye in any of those three divisions? Well, all of them catch my eye. <laughs> a bit later on as well in the week, I'll, there'll be some previews for for each final. Uh, I'd say probably Eltham Banyol, mm, the qualifying yeah. final. I think out of the qualifying finals, this is probably going to be the tightest one. Montmorency team West Preston Lakeside could also be tight, but I I just think these two sides are in very similar positions and I have no doubt they're going to be pretty close to each other. Out of the elimination finals, uh, I'd probably say, I probably would say Fitzroy Stars, Whittlesey. They're probably around that mark. I think Whittlesey were, both were in, you know, Division 3, last season I th- oh, uh, we will see Division 1 last yeah, year yeah the Eagles so. were Division 1 last year and both in their second season as well Fitzroy Stars have had a, a great rise and yeah I think it's 
Yeah, there's plenty of interesting matchups, but I think the t- the two finals in Division t- 2, they're going to be the ones that I'm keeping my closest eye on. And a good luck as well to all our junior teams that are playing finals. The junior yeah. finals kicking off with the semifinals across many grounds. So all the best to all the sides participating. How great is it to have finals here Absolutely. Well. It is so good after two years of not being able to have it, and especially with the junior finals, so good to get a full final series going. So very excited for all those involved. But until now, that's all we have time for for this week's edition of the NFNL podcast, Josh. Thank you, as always, for coming on. Always a pleasure. And, yeah, can't wait for this weekend and for finals to kick off as well. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL Podcast.